Welcome to What Ails Ya, a podcast about beer, the people who make it, and the ultimate question, what ails ya? You have to be 21 to drink beer, so hopefully you're an adult. And on a similar note, we swear, so if that offends you, tune out now. Jeff Brennan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Brian. Yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, mean, I am too. I am too. I'm really excited about this. It's our first episode, man. It's, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I thought uh, we get to we get to talk to each other because I know you really well. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and uh, but there's some people listening that don't know who we are. Nope. I think they're gonna get to know us though. Yeah, definitely. What 52, 52 episodes we got going? So fifty two episodes, different brewery each week. Each week, different place in Florida. Different beer, different people, different ailments. We aim high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So um, why are we doing this? Who are we? What gives us the right to talk about beer in Florida? You know, man, I think for me it's I like beer. Yeah. I generally like Florida. Well, I've been here 42 years of my life, so I You were born here. You know the place. I'm new here. I like it. Yeah. I like the people. But I really like the beer. Can you call it home yet? Yeah, man. There's parts of it that yeah. are my home. I like that. Good. And now we, like, even my family, we want to bring you into it. And you've yeah. been a, you're like a brother to me. So I know that. I want to make it home for you too, man. Yeah, man. So that's good. I like that. But we like beer. Love it. More importantly, we like people. That's it. We like getting to know the people. We like hearing stories. We like telling stories. I think that's why we're doing it. I know that's why we're doing it. Big question. Yeah. Where do we start? So, uh, came up with this idea. Now, you know me as this massive Bruce Springsteen fan, and uh, my favorite record from him is his sixth studio record, and that's Nebraska. Okay. So, yeah. So, for me, Nebraska has this huge haunting side to him, and he kind of has that with Darkness on the Edge of Town and the River, but there was something about, about Nebraska where he brought it to the band many a times at East Street, and it just was, wasn't gelling. It was him. So he recorded the whole thing in New Jersey. And even though each 10 tracks are so haunting and and so honest about what was going on in 1982 at that time, he he couldn't pinpoint what to call the record. So what did he do? He went straight to the middle of America. And where is that? Nebraska. That's it. That's really what he did. He just wanted to say, that's it. It's middle America. This is what we're naming it. And he did. So... My so, idea, go ahead, is that's what we do. We're in Central Florida. Why Naturally. don't right? So why don't we go next door? And there is this brewery called Brian. I'm going to cut you off. I oh. know you well. You're oh, no. a geek through and through. There's a reason for everything you do. Oh no! And of course, there's a story behind the episode you want to start out with. And we came to the same conclusion. So I reached out to Jeff to Bishop. Yeah. 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 All right. You yeah. know him. Yeah. He's with Central 28. Damn, yeah, yeah. Naturally, Central 28. It's right here in the heart of Central Florida, where we come from. Right there in the center of the Florida. No better place to make our beginning. Even the name alludes to the center (laughs) of the state. Get out of here. Get this. The 28 refers to the 28th line of latitude where Central Florida falls on. Shut up. It's true. So how do you know that? Well, I did some research. You did say. We reached out. Get out. We talked to Jeff. and, And, you know... You're right. It's the perfect fit. It's where we start. 
It's a great brewery. That's an excellent brewery. Because you got the, Jeff, of course. Yeah, you, you know got him. Kathy. Yep. You have you have his brother. Yeah, uh, brother-in-law Dan. Dan Saint Pierre. Yeah. Which do you, do you recognize that name? I do. After you say it, yeah. It, yeah. So Dan Saint Pierre, uh, you might know Central Twenty Eight. They make a great beer, Dancing Pierre, uh, which was <laughs> apparently originally uh, a mispronunciation of Dan Saint Pierre's name, and Jeff just thought forever that that would That's be a the good name beer. Of the beer. That's funny, and it is, and it's hilarious. Yeah. So they they make one of my two of my favorite beers in, in this year, the El Bulli, and and also your idea. And I love the Trekker as a farmhouse. So award-winning saison, by the way. Yeah, they won, they won Florida Beer Championship with that beer. I hope he tells us that. So, dude, this is this is crazy. So, th- yeah, this is where we start. This is actually where we start. It's the perfect beginning to the Florida tour. Love it. Good. I'm glad we uh, we think alike. Yeah. Was it good to you? Yeah. Because I'm nervous. Don't be. Ah, oh, no, we're good people. Don't be. Like right. But yeah. So, gonna head in. Let's do it, man. Yeah, let's talk to him. All right, we got this. Jeff? Brian? Let's go. That was the Bournemouth game where it was 3-1. Yeah, that was the yeah. worst match of the yeah. year. But yeah, then 3-2. Then three three, and then they take it in the. I think it wasn't even stoppage time. I think it was like the 80th somewhere. And that was, it was like three goals in ten minutes. That was horrible. terrible, terrible. And that is our defense, and that's that's what's terrible. It's sad. So do you get to, you don't get to watch the matches here, right? They're just kind of on. In the, no, yeah. Uh, so you have to check the phone. Well, I, I, my son has half days this week, and so I he's a he's a faithful. He's a Munich fan, like Bayern, right? Uh, he, like, he, he likes Bayern, but but uh, Liverpool's his club, so love it. Yeah, yeah so he's he, he's been. We brought him up well. So so how Liverpool with you? How'd that come up? Uh, you know, I think it was sort of you know just enjoying European football and saying, okay, well, you know, you kind of need to have a club, and you do, and uh, you know, th- there was somebody who. Who I don't remember who it was, but wrote something about uh, about European football or or English football, and picking a team and like you know if you're gonna pick a team, this is how you figure it out. And uh, uh, you know United, it was just like yeah, they had everybody. It's so easy and it cheap. Um, so I wanted, I definitely didn't want to pick a team that was gonna get relegated. That would have made things tough. So all right, I want a good team, but you know, but a team that maybe. There's a little bit. There's a few bumps in the road, you know, because that's fun. I, I, for me, football is, and this is, I guess, where we get into the beer. For me, actually, I was more into Liverpool. It's been 16 seasons now, and I don't know if you remember Liverpool when they became a family family club. They became a family club, and they were about to take Carlsberg off the the Texas owners, Gillette Hicks, still owned them. And for me, it was getting up to go to the pub because I couldn't watch it at home. So I had to go to, uh, like, on iDrive where all the tourists are, you know, and they would open up at, like, 6.37 to have the matches, so they had to have beer to watch. You had to. And I would just go to Dunkin' Donuts, maybe pick up, like, two, a bagel or two donuts, my coffee, and that's where I started drinking Newcastle because I was like, it's, it's citrusy. And I was like, and it's easy to drink, and I would have a beer every 45 minutes. And then finally, just Liverpool was like, we got rid of Carlsberg, and now we're back into the 12.30 matches. We were still doing European football. And football, for me, that was I had to have a beer. 
And I was just, that's why I think when people make fun of me, I'm a slow, it takes me 45 minutes for a snifter or a, a pint glass. And that was it for me. That was like my introduction to beer. Yeah, and I, I think that's funny that you talk about the timing of it because uh, for me, you know, sometimes I drink a beer fast and sometimes I don't. Usually I don't, but when, if I'm watching a match and having beers, it's a 45 minute beer. That's it. I, I pace yeah. it to yeah. last the half. And that's one of the things I love about, about, soccer that you know there's no commercials there's no timeouts you know you're not getting up no. if you're watching the match you're yeah. watching the match and that's it and so you sit down with a beer and the beer lasts 45 minutes and then you get up stretch your legs grab another one and you have another one for the second half. we always kind of make a joke too when somebody gets up it's always like well that's when that team is going to score yeah, right. or you something can't like get, that yeah don't do that if you go to the bathroom you're like you can't go you can't go and you right. kind of just like hold them back and uh so but yeah, with me, it, that was just my intro for beer. How about you? What was the intro for you? How did you get into it? Or how, uh, what was like the first, man. do you remember your first beer ever? You know, my dad uh, wasn't a big drinker, but, you know, drank pretty, pretty horrendous beer when he did drink beer. And where um, was this? Where, where? Grew up in Connecticut. Okay. Right. Um, but he was definitely uh, an Anglophile and... Uh, and just loved Europe in general. So, uh, so I was exposed to, uh, you know, the idea of culture and beer being part of that culture. And is that um, where he met mom? Is that where he like met your mom or in no, Connecticut? No, he's just, I don't know that. Oh, in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah? We're all okay. from Connecticut. Okay. Um, but he, he, he's just sort of, I don't know. That was just sort of his, you know, he, I remember being, a little kid and on I think it was on PBS or something we'd be watching soccer made in Germany yeah you know it was like the the weekly recap show of the Bundesliga yeah you know and I don't know he just I don't know he was a guy that just I don't know I think he just liked to be different and so so because of those things I was exposed to you know just different he was a history teacher you know so nice world culture was something that he was passionate about pbs made it easy because that's where i found are you being served doctor who i mean i was watching blackadder the third and loving rowan atkinson then and i I remember i wanted to be that so for me football was easy like soccer was easy for me because it was just like that made sense that made sense i was like there's some kind of like english thing that i was in love with and then the beatles helped a lot a lot Liverpool for me though was Michael Owen. I remember just loving the England team, and I said, "That's it." And I remember, well, music makes sense. It's from Liverpool, and that was it. So Connecticut went to high school there. Like yep. lived your life. How long were you there for? Uh, for uh, through college, I went to uh, uh, UConn. So I was there till I was twenty two, twenty three. Um, then I lived in uh, Seattle for a couple of years, nice. and then. Then back in Connecticut for a year or so, and then I was in Boston for... What was that like going back from Seattle? I mean, you're going from, like, the Northwest back to home. I guess it's home, so I guess it could yeah. have comfort to it, but, yeah. yeah. It, uh, Did you like Seattle? I loved it. Yeah, uh, right. You know, if if I had been a little bit older, I probably would have stayed there. But, yeah. you know, when you're 22, 23, and you don't really have an anchor, um, you know, moving someplace like that is different. And that was really when I was first exposed to craft beer you know people didn't buy cases of beer they bought six packs yeah and you would go into you know they didn't call them bars it, you know there was it was beer and wine uh, a lot of places didn't have liquor licenses so 
it was a ta you know there were taverns and uh you know and so places would have you know i remember a lot of the beers were like you know red that was when red hook was really red hook right um you know and pyramid and um you know a lot of the beers that sort of laid the widmer brothers sort of uh laid the laid the the groundwork for yeah, and they did. I like Widmer Brothers. Right. I, I I love them as a Portland Timber fan, but also, uh, no, they, they got a lot of good things going. They really support the city. I think that's what's fantastic. I love that, as right. I think we'll get into you guys with DeBerry. But uh, so high school, high school. So what was that like? Was there any extracurricular stuff, curricular stuff that you did, or was there like... You know, not a whole heck of a lot. You know, it's, you know, uh, you know, I was super into music. What kind of music um, in high school do you remember? Uh, yeah, we do. Start, yeah, <laughs> I remember. It's uh, started, you know, definitely started with the, you know, early on with, you know, classic rock. That's kind of where it all starts usually. Mm. Right. And then uh, moved into prog rock. Nice. Which is, which I disavowed for many years, but now I'm sort of. Kind of going back kinda to Kind of owning up yeah, to that. Yeah, and, me too. It's and so sort, of, <laughs> sort of, you know, Once cel you hit celebrating age. that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, and laughing at it a little bit too. But, you have to, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then, I don't know. Somehow, somehow, I got transitioned. I don't remember what band it was, but um, somewhere I got transitioned. I think it was a couple friends and one tape. There um, it is. That one that, tape that transitioned me into more, uh, you know, alternative music and punk rock, and it was. Uh, a friend of mine who was a great guitar player and I looked up to him a lot and he's like you know he asked me do you listen to to new music and I was like I don't know what new music is and then he's like you know tell me started telling me about the Smiths and of New Order and bands like that and then uh, and then in a cutout bin I still remember the bin cutout bin was like a dollar ninety nine maybe two ninety nine for the the Clash's first record on cassette Get out, and I remember right. buying that and that changed I just played that one over and over and over and that and those things sort of got you know the wheels started turning and mm -hmm. I started you know all of a sudden you know ideas start happening and windows start opening and and you you, you start to see things a little bit differently at and, least I did in in college was there a lot of was there a lot of music there or were you on yeah. your own island yeah, yeah, no, it was, yeah, there was, UConn, uh, right? uh, I had some good friends and, and I had, and, and I had one really good, I, you know, I had a roommate who was into nothing but hip hop and, you know, I mean, this was, he came home, uh, the day he knew when the records were coming out. Yeah. So did he work know, in a record store or no? No, he, just he, knew, huh? he eventually did, but, okay. but he just, you know, and he read, you know the magazines yeah source i don't even know if that still exists no but. source source ap i'm sure like right. ap is gone like alternative press is gone uh spin i think still exists rolling stone obviously i guess that that's not going to go anywhere anytime soon but um yeah all the things that taught us like right. i'm sure you and i yeah they're, they're gone they're gone and it irks me like i don't know where kids I don't know if that's the right word to use, but where do they right. read? Where do they I read about? I mean, it's got to be the internet. I guess Pitchfork is what's supposed to take over, right. like for alternative music. But I think that's a lot of what this hip hop era is, and or whatever this rap. I, I can't even say the word hip hop. People will yell at me. I think hip hop is dead. 
But uh, I think rap is what it is now, kind of like what folk is to country or, you know, there's different forms of rock. But, yeah, hip-hop to me was that Brooklyn-era style of hip-hop. I mean, this this guy, this roommate of mine, is KRS-One was his his hero. Right. And, I mean, the day the the De La Soul record, first De La Soul record came out, he came home with it. You know, so, and I, I had no skin in the game at all as far as that music went but but when he was playing it did you notice any of the samples at all of like well, maybe sure. some of the jazz samples or the rock then samples the, then all of a sudden I'm starting to like say well I don't really you know some stuff I'm like well I don't that doesn't interest me but then there's other stuff and I you know it takes a nation of millions it's, you know amen. I'm like I'm like wow this is this is pretty damn cool. Yeah, that that knocked me down like as if Mike Tyson walked in the room and just punched me in the right. face. The first it's an time amazing I, record. Yeah, it's a great record. And Fear of a Black Planet is probably my favorite album of all time. Like one of it's in my top five albums of all time. Um, there, there's not a bad track on it, even though it gets a little long. But there, it's funny too because there, there was a point where uh, I always kind of wanted to end off this podcast, and I'm not going to do it. This was like a few months I thought about it when we started coming up with it is the end of Fear of Black Planet ends what the future public enemy is what and then you hear Chuck D say well the future public enemy is and it ends right there and I was kind of like what's the future of like Central 28 and you go well the future is Central 28 they like, cut you <laughs> off so every time and see if anybody ever catches that but no um, yeah, nobody would ever like that so uh, did bands come through to UConn like would they yeah, or is it like here in Florida? No, where we would. Don't we, come in? we had you know even at you. I mean, we would. You know, I mean, I remember. You know, we would. There were a bunch of us that were into the same kind of music. Um, you know, and I remember this this roommate of mine had a remarkable resemblance to Bob Mould. I mean, shocking. And we would go see. This was when Bob was off of his got his major label thing fell apart yeah and he owed a lot of money and he was basically just playing the circuit doing acoustic shows and we would go see him constantly and people would just stop my friend outside and be like oh dude you look like bob mool then he's like all right i get it <laughs> stop, stop so way like sugar by then that's not this even was, a this thought would be, this would be pre-sugar yeah yeah, yeah so workbook so or this was right this was right after black sheets of rain yeah the major label thing just didn't happen yeah it didn't happen them. which is which was kind of crazy to me because i felt maybe husker du didn't have that but i really felt bob mool did i really felt that there was this radio so friendly I, thing I, that, I thought it was something that was inevitable that yeah, people thought, would eventually right? say Wow, this guy's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. Why, why is 120 minutes, like, clinging on to this guy? Why is yeah. he not this? I really thought he had something that R.E.M. took. Like, they were like, well, you know what? With Green, we could kind of hear the similarities. And, and I, I did. I was a huge R.E.M. fan. Huge R.E.M. fan. I like Athens, Georgia a lot. I remember I really put Athens, Georgia on the pedestal. But uh, Bob Mould was my hero growing up. Yeah. I mean, I think... He's a good role model. He really is. He was one of the most honest musicians of that late '80s and coming yeah, we into. Did a, uh, there was a the the last brewery I ran was a brewery in Maryland, and we did a. I remember we did a a pint night at this really cool retro theater. You know, refurbished, beautiful old theater in Eastern Maryland, which is where we lived, and uh, he was playing uh, one of his. Solo, solo shows, shows there yeah and we did like a pint night up in the the bar up there and it was i was like oh my god my brewery is doing a pint night at the same you know with bob mool forget and, it i would have lost my in mind a, in a, this incredible you know do you art, remember that night deco do you remember the night really well oh my god did he yeah. have a set list or did he ask everybody to kind of like pick songs he, he, 
I mean, he's That's really good about taking requests. Like, taking yeah, requests. I love that. I love when well, he does unless that. You, unless you ask for Grant Hart songs, then <laughs> then he gets mad. But but yeah, he's good. I don't remember if there. I I was always too afraid to ask for him to play, and I was oh. just like, you know, just let him play what he wants to play. But. He's always super cool about... He's so super cool. Yeah. I wound up becoming a, a set list for him one night here in Orlando. He was a keynote speaker at one of our Florida music festival things. I think it was FMF. And it was this place called The Lodge. Really a room like this that you have right here. And, uh, and it was just so weird that nobody was there. So I'm on this little couch. And he just starts plucking his strings. I'm like, all right, just we'll get busy. Maybe if he starts playing, people will show up. There was really 20, 25 people at this keynote Bob Mould show. It was called the keynote show. And he just was like, all right, Brian, what do you want to hear? All right, Brian, what do you want to hear? <laughs> it's just, I was like, oh, so I kind of was able to be that oh, set list. Oh, uh, it was, it, 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 it was, it was scary because, but every time I said something, he was like, yeah, well, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. And I was like, yeah. And that Bob Mould raspy voice that he has. So, um, I mean, so, he, he, there was, music always brings people through tough times Mm -hmm. and there was a challenging time in my life and zen arcade i would sit there and listen to zen arcade and zen arcade like just dragged me through it it's the only time for me that music like i really i had to have it yeah and that record did it yeah so you know and i think for everybody they have that like that record that was like the rock Mm -hmm. and for me that was like all right I got this. I can get through this, you know, and that was, that record was huge. I'm trying to think of mine, because I, I did so much. I, for me, I remember high school was just kind of just like, get through it. I worked a lot. Um, yeah, I, I lived with my mom, and it was just kind of, we moved from Miami Beach, where I was my whole life, and then we moved to Hollywood, where, Hollywood, Florida, where I was going to start doing my, uh, my high school, and just hated it. I missed the Miami Beach days, and I missed the shows that I was doing, I was working at this place called um, Washington Square that was off of, right off the, the beach, and they had, that was it. Like, Rollins bands coming out, the new one they were playing, and everybody, Smashing Pumpkins on Gish, and you know, this was just your little dive, and I was able to, like, bring the bands in at 15, 16 years old. I was like your little kid just bringing in the bands, and that was just <laughs> the greatest. One day, just Debbie Harry's walking up, walking in, and I'm like, this is amazing. And then she's walking in. I'm bringing her stuff in. There's Adam Ant behind her. And it was just was like a secret show that Adam Ant with Debbie Harry for the night. And I was like, that's crazy. It was crazy. So, uh, very, so, very important thing to mention. Uh, Keith Morris kills Henry Rollins. And I think it's important that everyone understands. I think everybody that. should know that. That's, so. that's very, <laughs> um, the best black flag singer is. Keith I agree. I'm not a big Henry Rollins fan. Uh, people are going to be like, oh, let's turn this off now. No, uh, there are reasons. Because growing up in that era, he just seemed like he was a voice for a lot when it wasn't ne- like MTV was almost like, wow, we love this guy. Let's put him on everything. And I he feel became like Morris gets lost in the shuffle. Totally like he, gets yeah, and think, that was the better. Oh, this is this Hands is down. Black Flag, and no, nope. like no way, no. Yeah, no. The Black Flag, and I, I kind of left Black Flag. I, I, the last time I've listened to them has been probably. 15 years or so which is sad there, there's some great stuff out there they did that reunion that flag reunion yeah with yeah. keith morris and what was it off right it was wasn't he doing off uh, i don't know it, but well the the flag reunion was dukowski keith morris, morris yeah. and uh bill stevenson that is it that, that, and then that's, uh that off Stefan from from all yeah 
which descendants i love descendants and, i love all and they do you know they do like my war and keith morris's version destroys i have to go back and see if that was off because they they played here and i didn't go like a dummy i should have so in uh so in maryland or in uh connecticut where's your first beer where when do you start looking into it when is this like, like an interest tra- uh interest well i i worked in a yeah where did it come from actually where was worked, the birth of beer I, for jeff i worked in a uh, we, in Connecticut, we call them package stores. You know, I don't know. Everybody has a different. I don't know. If and we say packet. Is it like just bottles and they're on? Can you mix match and like things I, like that? It's it's. Uh, or you just buy a case like a it's six a pack. Beer, wine, cases, kegs, whatever. We just call them package stores or the packy. Okay, that's air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> you can't see. Them. Um, uh, but. And it was a big one, and it was had really good beer selection. And a friend of mine, um, a couple friends of mine worked there. And so that was like my job in high school. And this was a place where, you know, there were a bunch of dusty bottles on the shelves, you know, that nobody ever bought, you know, very undesirable beers like Cantillon, you know. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. And but, now, <laughs> right, right, exactly. But that's the thing. Like this is what they sat there forever. That's crazy. And we used to we used to laugh when guys would come in, and you know I don't I don't know who coined the term beer geeks, but we called them that. This was like 1987. Yeah, really? And we were calling them like that's what we like to call them here over there going through all the through all the bottles good i'm glad i'm glad and this is the first episode i want i want that to be said because that is what you know jeff producer jeff and i uh we call them and we want to call them that the word snob i'm done i'm done and it's not because i'm I'm like we're gonna put our foot down no it's just that's not what i'm gonna call them ever on our instagram facebook or on this podcast no i don't want to say snob geeks Geeks, I, yeah, I and that's mean, what I am. They were, I, I they, were nerd, they were nerd now, you know, and that, that's awesome. What you know, and yes, we would kind of make fun of them sometimes, <laughs> but then of course we would also be like, well, you're doing the same. Let's try that, you yeah. know, and and we're you know, so a, a bunch of us would we would slowly start to uh, you know get an appreciation for what these beers are, um, and then one of the guys I worked with is. Um, my friend Rob, who I went to high school with, he was a year ahead of me, and we ended up working. When, when I came back from Seattle, he was working at uh, New Haven Brewing Company. Okay. And he called me and said, um, hey, you know, like panic, you know, we need help on the bottling line. All right. I wasn't doing anything, so I was like, all right. Came down, helped, just putting bottles on the bottling line. Like Laverne and Shirley style, like when yeah. you see it just going by. Yeah. yeah. And, but it was a fun place to work. It was a bunch of guys I've known forever. And so I started so working it, huh? more and more. And, and then, uh, and then Rob became the assistant brewer. And then the head brewer left and Rob became the head brewer. And he brought me in as the assistant. And um, what year was that? This probably would have been 94, 95. Okay. Yeah. And, and then uh so you're young doing this mid 20, 20s 24 yeah. yeah yeah and then uh and then rob moved on where rob where did he go after i don't remember where he went after that but 
shortly after that, I went to a place called New England Brewing, which is, uh, which I was there for a while. And then I went to Siebel, uh, the beer school in Chicago, and then I uh, worked for uh, John Harvard's a brew pub chain in, in Boston for, for quite a while. And in the meantime, Rob ended up buying New England Brewing, moving it back to New Haven. And, uh, you know, now they're one of the most, you know, sought after, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they may, you know, they make beer. If you go down to red light, you're, you're t- yeah. there's, there's New England Brewing bottles, you know, the Imperial Stout Troopers up on the, on Is the he shelf. still there? Rob's still there? He, I mean, obviously he owner. owns it still, he's right? The owner. Yeah. 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 And they make unbelievable beer. And that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely have to look for it. And he actually, I will. he actually ended up working for John Harvard as well. We, we always joke around we've worked like <laughs> six jobs together. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, he's a, he's a great guy. And I mean, I owe him a huge debt of gratitude for getting me into the business, but, um, so it wasn't like this love for science or chemistry no, in, in it school. It just happened. Yeah. It just happened. Huh? But then, you know, it's, it's one of those things that once you find yourself in a place, you start to, you open your eyes and you start to, um, realize what's in front of you. And, um, you know, and then I started to say, well, wow, this is, this is pretty neat. You know, and this is, I really enjoy this. And, you know, and there's a lot of things I enjoy beyond just the product and, uh, and the, the science and the, the craft. I mean, I enjoy the process, you know, and as, as crazy as it makes me, I enjoy, you know, scheduling and, you know, things like that. I like... Yeah, it's a process. I like... It's it's a machine, and I enjoy the process of putting that machine together. So, so what was your first? Do you remember the first one that you had the freedom to make your own beer? Was it there, or was it something I said, uh, what if I brought these components home? Wow. Yeah. I know Rob and I made a Christmas ale at, at uh, New Haven that we basically came up with together. Awesome. Um, I do you remember, remember that. The, do you remember the flavor, like what it was? Like It was a hoppy, you know, it was, it was definitely a hoppy beer, but, you know, God, I can't, you know. I think people think they have better flavor memory than they actually do. Right, yeah. You know, it's I, like, I don't. You know, when a lot of times, you know, I'll – any brewery I've worked for, you know, a new a seasonal will come around again, and so I'll be like, "Oh, this is better than last year," and and I'm like, you know, I I have I have no idea whether it is or not, and I don't think you do either. You know, it's <laughs> it I don't remember. Right. You know, I don't remember yeah. that. I know what it's supposed to taste like, yeah. and it tastes like it's supposed to. But compared to last year, uh, that's a I long I think I'm the same way. I'm a, that's with me and my turkey, uh, Jillian, my wife. It's it's funny. Every year I'll, like, make a turkey. I'm like, no, I think I like last year's better. And it's right. like, really? Like, do you really remember that taste right, right. now? Am I really going back into that right. now? This is not that a side probably, side. Yeah, it probably kicked ass this year. And no, no. Um, so the family stayed in uh, Connecticut. Mom and dad stayed in Connecticut. Any brothers, sisters? Yep. Brother. Brother. Lives in Connecticut still. Okay. Yep. Older, younger. Uh, a couple years younger. A couple years younger. So you're yeah. the you're the oldest. You're the eldest. Yeah. I'm the I'm the heir to the yeah whatever the we have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So uh, what's he do? So what's the brother do? He's in insurance, like okay. half of the state. Um, yeah, he yeah. works for uh, I think it's Travelers now, but he, you know, he's 
I don't know. He describes what he does, and I don't even understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's something with computers. So I yeah, my sister. Uh, we're, I nod and walk away. Yeah, we're we're opposites that way too. Um, I I couldn't see her doing something like this, or you know, my sister's actually she's a she's a teacher, which I could be. I would love to be, but um, but yeah, this is something I no, she wouldn't understand. Even maybe like the the passion I have for music or. She got me into music, actually. I take that back. My sister Alana really got me into it. So I do appreciate my sister, but we don't really, we don't talk as much as I think we should. You know, and so do you talk to your brother a lot, though? Yeah, I th- you're a good, I, you're a we good do man. some, but I think that's probably a fair, you know, not as much as I should. Is yeah. Probably a, yeah. Yeah. And do we, I don't know if it's that I take it for granted. It's just, or I always say, I'm busy. I'm busy. But, right. you know, and the holidays are just around and, the, you know, just be that, just be like, make sure you say hi. And everything so so you from Maryland now um, what's next where you okay so you go to Seattle actually so it was uh, when was Seattle college to Seattle yeah. okay then back, right. to back to Connecticut start brewing uh, so in Seattle a couple years there then Chicago for brewing school then to Boston Chicago where in right, Chicago which is, uh, um, actually just outside Chicago. I don't know where they are. They're in a new new building now. I know that. But it's a Siebel Institute of Technology. It's a brewing school in Chicago. So did you do that on your own intuition? Or was it like somebody, like did Rob say, hey, if you're still working here, like you no, should go? No, it was, I had, I had moved on to, um, to New England and Rob was not involved with that right, at, at that point good. yet. And... Um, you know, I think what I had decided was, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so it was sort of, uh, uh, you know, trying to put a stake in the ground as far as um, understanding how things are supposed to be done and, you know, best practices. And, and how, how long did that last? How long was so uh, that's, Illinois? So that's probably like a... It's probably like a four, I don't know, it was out there for probably four months. Okay. It's what they call the long course. Um, and so it's real immersive, um, uh, you know, so basically the fall of, I don't know, 90, 96, maybe, 96, I think it was. I was out there. And um, and it was, you know, it was great. You know, there's still, I have good friends still that um, that I talked to that, that uh, were in my class. Uh, Any of them doing anything now? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if, uh, two brothers. Do you know two brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two, so Jason Abel is one of the two brothers. Nice. Um, he was one of my one of my classmates in, okay. at Siebel. And, uh, uh, got a good friend, Brian Allen, who uh, just left Mother's Brewing in Missouri, and he's starting something up in... Uh, in uh, uh, New Orleans now, and uh, you know, really so okay. Excited to see what that's about. He's a super smart guy and um, really great brewer. So, yeah, there's, you know, most of the people in the class were, you know, like six Heineken guys and like four AB guys and a bunch of Miller guys and yeah. Labatt, Molson. That's what they wanted to most do. Right? That's them, where the money was. Most of them were big guys, big brewery guys. Yeah, um, but there was a small group of us craft brewers. I like that, and that's a family right there, you know. Yeah. And uh, actually, talking about that, family, we got a lot here where you are, and I love that. I love that family is kind of running the show here at Central 28. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you're happily married. 
Yeah. And yes. uh, so Kathy, let's talk about her. Let's let's because she's so, here. If you come into the tasting room, you, you will see her. Yeah. So uh, Kathy's my wife. Um, uh, you know, and this this whole this whole project was sort of the brainchild of uh, Kathy, myself, and Dan, my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I met him last night. Oh, did you? <laughs> just randomly met him. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Which was really funny uh, because it was just it was a sign. I'm drinking an El Bulli. And he's walking into the room, and yeah. I look over and I go, "I really think that's Dan." And I think it was Jeff, um, producer Jeff, co-host Jeff, and he was just kind of like, "He's like, huh?" And I go, "No, I think that that's 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 Dan. That's Kathy's brother. That's that's Jeff's brother-in-law." And all of a sudden, my friend Lando, we got the thirsty tofer. He was just like, "Hey, Quain, this is Dan." And I was just like, and he just walked over, and yeah, we just started talking. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, he's yeah. such a good guy. Finally, yeah. I couldn't believe it, it took that long to meet him and yeah just serendipity you know yeah. so it was you know it was us all you know just kind of kicking around ideas for you know what what how things might be if we were to do something and uh you know so uh so who lived here then in in Tiberi? none none of nobody none of us even lived in florida get out okay Dan, Dan okay was in la he was had lived in la for years right He's, he did a little film, right? He was doing a little film production back yeah, then. Yeah, he's got, I mean, he still owns a, a production company. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's been involved with a lot of, you know. That's crazy, yeah, um, and then. And. Uh, and he decided to jump on for the love of beer, or just it's a family affair? Yeah, I, th- like, I think, it? It, you know, I think, I think it was definitely passion for beer. I think it was also sort of a, you know, a little bit of, you know, you know, new adventure sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, which which is what it was for Kathy and myself as well. You know, and having been involved in breweries and you know, you always you know, you always think everybody thinks they can do it better. You know, mm-hmm. so so sometimes you got to put your money where your mouth is. And I'm glad you actually, did <laughs> actually do it. Yeah. Um. So so none of we were in Maryland. Kathy and I were in Maryland, and Dan was in. Uh, LA um, but we felt pretty strongly that you know the the family support system here was attractive yeah okay. um, none of us like cold weather and so yeah get out of the north although by now, 90 yeah. degrees in December I'm get out of here right yeah yeah, yeah that, that's been bad um, yeah but, our winter has been really hot but but we'll, you know we felt like you know this is you know, something that, you know, in Florida, every year we would come down and say, why isn't there beer down here? Where is it? Where is it? You know, we come down for Christmas and there's nothing. Yeah. Um, so in our minds, at least, uh, Florida was kind of way behind the curve as far as far as craft beer. Yeah. You I know, mean, maybe, and then maybe places like Tampa, not so much, but certainly Orlando. Yeah. Um, and now we, bl- we blinked our eyes and then look what happened. But Right. So we felt like if, if we're going to do it, let's do it in a place that's about to have something yeah and you know and and so that was the attractive aspect to central florida so uh, I, I like the fact that you could you could find your mother-in-law in here at any time too uh serving yeah. a beer i think it, i love it here like this is home i mean i, I wish there was a visual here uh that people could see it but I, I love your bar like what you have going there you have enough room in here enough room to say like 
if the Violent Femmes decided to do a show in here, it would sound great, even if Bob Mould, you know? So you have like a three-piece or a one. It just feels like a band could be here at any time. You have, I'm sure you do the food trucks out there. Yeah. This is, this is, I love this room. I really do. And I hope anybody who's listening does come out here because uh, it's important. Like I, we, I love the hashtag to Barry's not far. Because yeah, it's that, not. That was Dan, I think. It's Dan? Which, which, yeah, that, it, well, is, it is a good one. It's yours, and uh, and it's funny because it's and not. It, no, it's it not. It's a, it's a short drive up by four, generally going the wrong way against traffic. Yeah, so, exactly. Or the best way. Um, you know, but it really, the idea for us with the tap room is, you know, it, it, that it should sort of reflect who we are, you know, and, and that's sort of a, you know, it, that means it's pretty informal, um, not fancy, um, but you know that the beer is really good and people are nice. Yeah. And you know, that's, and I, l- I love that you could see into the 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 process too. You could see yeah. your tanks and you could see everything. And I think that's awesome. As I'm looking at it as we're talking, it's just it's yeah, it's awesome. So so Dan moves from LA here. That's awesome. So he he feels there is a strong now what year was that actually what what year did this open so i think we've been actually operating for about a year and a half okay roughly um uh and kathy and i have been here probably for more like a little over two years and is it home yet being here do you like florida i I love it yeah Um, i do you know i'm definitely not I feel like I'm a person that can be happy in most places. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. Uh, you you make the best of what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't get. You know, I don't. It's, it's like we were talking about earlier. If I was if I was 22, 23, maybe right. I wouldn't love it as much. But it's home. Um, but but I'm you know I I have a, a family that I adore and I have a job that I'm really happy with. So I don't. I don't have a whole lot of complaints, you know, no. so. And you shouldn't. I mean, people who do complain, they're just looking for something else anytime anyway. So, you know, yeah, no, no need to. So a year and a half here, um, which is impressive because we see the cans that are in that room right there. When do we start canning? When does uh, Central Tony 8 start packing up? When? What's the first can? What is your first can? Well, we're, I mean, we've been out in cans now for... Uh, Upriver's been out for a year, mm-hmm. and uh, Dancing Pierre and Trekker have been out now for probably three to four months. So, you know, any any places like Total Wine or uh, uh, ABC, uh, you know, we should be well represent, represented. You are, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, now who who distributes, like who who, who picked that up? How'd that happen? Our distributors are uh, Cavalier, okay, who are uh, originally an Ohio company, but they have a statewide operation here, and they do uh, they do most of our territory. We're only distributed as far south as maybe Sarasota or so, okay, um, and then up up north to the you know the rest of Florida north, um, and then. In a small area of Volusia, which is where we are, and Flagler counties, we have uh, SR Parat. Okay. We're a, a smaller Miller house up here. So we have two distributors, that's it. And, 
which is nice. Keeps it simple. It, it, it is, but it's so funny because I when I do go to an ABC or a Total Wine, there you are. For me here, it's so easy for me to say. Central 28, like, you know, so it's just funny to hear somebody that would be like, yeah, I don't see it, but then that's because they're outside that area, and but yeah, every time I see Central 28, big big smile on my face. Um, so, you have an award-winning beer. We're going to bring that up. Uh, what was that? And when when was that, the award-winning beer? That uh, I want to hear this story. Is that the Trekker thing? Oh. I, I don't know. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Um, is it Trekker or El Bulli? Is it? Or- oh no, we'll get into El Bulli. We'll definitely because right, that okay. one. Oh no, no. Um, so it's Trekker, right? So okay. Trekker, yeah. You had you had Trekker win an award. Um, yep. Last year, best of floor was it? So in the, uh, I don't recall specifically how they break out their categories, but it's something along the lines of saisons. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and explain the Cezanne Trekker. Ca- so that, yeah, because it's Trekker category. It's the farmhouse. Um, and, and it won uh, the gold medal in, in that. Congratulations. Um, it, and it, it's, thank you. And it's fun because it's a style of beer I really enjoy. I love uh, farmhouse ales. Yeah. Saisons. Uh, they're, uh, I don't know, I find them to be really, I mean, Saison Dupont is probably my all-time favorite beer. Okay. So. So to be doing beers that people enjoy in that in that general style is a lot of it's very rewarding for me. Could you ever see yourself trying? Well, sours are hard. Let's just say, you know sours. It takes a while. Yeah, I mean, we did at at Evolution. We had a a a uh, a sour red Nouveau Rouge that we did that was done in a Solera with a. In, uh, Solera format that that people really really liked. Um, it's pretty popular, and and I was very proud of. Nice. Um, so I think at some point we will get into that stuff. Ah, uh, good. Because I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it is. Uh, there's a lot of time and uh, investment in mm-hmm. building up to releasing these beers. Um, and you know, and and you need manpower and detail, and uh, you know we're just not at the point yet where we're ready to do that. So if we're gonna do something like that, you know, and you're charging a lot of money for these beers, if you're gonna do it, you have to do it right. You, you it can't right. just like throw a bunch of bacteria into a tank and make it sour and say, okay, well here you go. This Good. is right. here's your sour ale. You know. No, I'm glad you say that. Yeah, it's, it is infinite, you know, there is a certain amount of, you know, that wild is sort of this, you know, really, I don't know, it's a, there's some truth to it, but it's also a very, people shouldn't get the impression that these beers are completely uncontrolled. There is some control. By the same token, there is some unpredictability Mm -hmm. and some things you can't control and it takes a lot of work to get yourself in the place where you are controlling the things that you should and allowing the environment to do the things that you can't. And that's, we're not at that point yet. Right. Um, so, you know, when we are, we'll do it. Well, you're at a, they're, they're great. You're at a point now, you have a 93 rated beer from Beer Advocate. Um, 
Uh, for me, out of 100, 98, 99, 100, that El oh, Bulli. Wow. Oh, dude, that, that thing is fantastic. So, again, thank you for making El Bulli again this year. And I guess I'm gathering it's going to be a yearly thing now, huh? Yeah, no, I think it would, it's, I think if we didn't make El Bulli, it would be, uh, we would, you know, probably have to go on vacation for a few months to avoid <laughs> somebody throwing things at yeah. me. Yeah, you know? I'd, I'd probably be one. Um, so I, I, I love the story you told because we met we met oh, a little over a year ago. Uh, the first night I had El Bulli, and that was at Parkview on Park Avenue in uh, Winter Park. And Maddie had you there for that night. It was the, the beer pairing. I uh, paired the, the dessert. So please explain El Bulli. Where so that come from? El Bully was um, so what I what I do a lot um, for beers is, um, and I do it especially when I have. Who was it? I think it was Neil. How do you say his name? Gaiman. 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 I, I hear know. both. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to have my uh, one of my best friends is his wife is really good friends with him. Oh, wow. So, yeah. He, so, yeah, I have to ask but him. He, but he, <laughs> he, he is just one of the most interesting people on he the is. planet. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, and he'll listen to this episode, too. <laughs> so it's going to be weird. But and, that's funny. And uh, he said, he, he had this thing he talked about, um, you know, something along the lines, and I'm going to completely butcher the what he said and how he said it and probably even what he meant. But... It was something about that, you know, you get good ideas when you're being lazy or doing nothing. Like, this is, that's when the stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're busy. You're just not thinking. Right. You have and no time so, to. So it's hard because sometimes right now we're really busy. And so ideas don't, it, it, things don't percolate. Right. 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 Um, but especially when we were building up to starting the brewery, I kept a really good notebook about you know yes. okay beer ideas like you know and and i read an article about a restaurant in spain el bully mm-hmm. with this uh this this amazing chef Farron adria who is he's sort of kind of the godfather of molecular gastronomy um uh you know which is sort of you know the idea of deconstructing foods mm-hmm. taking flavors you know taking an uh uh, food, breaking it apart into its flavors, and putting it back together in a way that makes it more interesting. Or Does different. beer do that though? Can can you do that with beer? I think you can. Yeah. Um. I I don't know that you can. I think you can do it with food to beer. I don't think. Okay, that makes I don't sense. think you can take a beer and deconstruct it and then like represent it. Right. I, I don't know that that would really work. I've never really thought about that, to be honest. But just speaking out loud, out loud, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can take food, you know, and that's the cool thing about beer, and one of the things that separates it from wine that um, it's, you know, wine is wine. I mean, you know, it's it's three ingredients yeah you know yeah um and there's no real um you know and not i'm not a huge fan of like dumping all kinds of non-beer flavor stuff into beer but um but there is the opportunity to take other flavors components and, and, and even and even malt 
gives you this incredible variability of mm-hmm. of flavors and nuance that that you, in my opinion you don't really get with grape that's you know i don't know wine lovers might disagree but but i'm i'm firmly in the beer camp and i'm right i'm not swaying from that stance <laughs> um so so the idea with el bully was okay so i re- so i read about this guy and he's just he's like he's one of those guys that's so brilliant that you know he just doesn't even, he doesn't give a shit like he doesn't care about anything like he's doing his thing yeah you know it's like that you know it's you know I'm trying to think of a musician who would be like this where it's like zappa yeah right exactly right? it's like a zappa yeah. thing where it's like well I'm doing this. And, I'm doing this. And, it's not. And, it's not selling out and, crowds. And, and, I, and I don't, it doesn't have to. I don't care what you yeah. think. Right. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know. And okay, maybe Joe's Garage wasn't great, but you know. You know. I hot, thought that hot, was his. But everybody's. Hot, but Hot Rats is is yeah. brilliant. So yeah. you know, I mean, they're not all going to be winners. No. But, but, but you're you're on that edge. And when you're on that edge, sometimes you fall off, and sometimes you create things that are just stupid, right. amazing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so when I read about him and his just total lack of interest, you know, this is a guy that he could have opened 600. There would have been investors throwing money at him to open up more restaurants. More, just more, right? He just didn't care. Yeah, you know, he just want. So now, little places like this where you could just say, I think El Bully. I don't know. You had to climb up like these like this crazy dirt road there to it get is. to it yeah, yeah. and it's not this. even open anymore and yeah. it's it's like a it's now like just a food lab like That's he's just like experimenting yeah. he was invited to some art show in Paris like an art show you know they wanted him to present his food, food. right <laughs> That's so cool and, though know, I it, love that it's, it's a it it I don't know and so I'm reading about this and it's just it was inspiring like okay wow that's that's pretty heavy stuff and um and so i was thinking okay well you know foods that have ingredients and uh, elements that pair well with beer what are they and you know and and the truth is you know uh uh vanilla beans coconut nibs coffee and a stout these are not groundbreaking you know this is there's and you nothing, did that. In, there's nothing innovative about that. Because the coffee and the vanilla was idea, right? I mean, you had that come out. When was that? Well, in that was June? that was that was after right. That, that was afterwards after Albuli. Yeah, so Albuli. Right. Then I think it was right April May. You had idea, right. and that that's even. I love that one as well. Just had that last night, actually. The oh wow. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. But, but the but the the idea that um, that okay well. We've got these elements, you know, what, what, let's take a food and just sort of deconstruct it and put it back together as a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, tiramisu sort of, um, to me, just sort of felt like a really interesting thing. And I'm not a big fan of sweet beers. So, no, neither am I. Um, I mean, I have, you know, yeah, so, yeah. so I didn't want it to be like, just like, a sugar bomb um but i did want all the elements of sweetness um so the the cream in a tiramisu we use milk sugar mm-hmm. lactose so it's a imperial milk stout 
Um, the, the the finger cake is uh, the the grain, the barley, um, and then we have the the coffee, the coca nibs, and the vanilla that you know completes the sort of the ingredients list is all punched out, and then it was the idea of okay, let's recreate this as sort of a a dessert beer, um, you know. So um, I don't know. It, it was fun to to think like that, and when I, I mean, I'm a I love food. You know, and even more than food, I love people who do amazing things with, with food. Yeah, it's that Jillian and I, anytime that we go away, that's what I love. I adore this girl so much is that anytime we go away, it is about food. Right. If New Orleans was in May, we just we went there last year and uh, wow, my first time ever. And how is it? I'm 40 years old and it's my first time trying foods like this, like really going and trying foods like this. And now it's addicting i love food i love it i love it when you're doing things like that and orlando is doing it it's almost what we're doing with what ails you i'm shocked somebody's not doing with food here you know somebody could somebody should do a podcast based on talking to sous chef executive chef some chef this chef in orlando because everything that's happening right now in florida it's crazy there's a map and we're finally on it and it's not because alligators are taking over a certain city like eating children's well, I don't know I don't want to bring that up but it's just kind of like you know we're, we're never in the news for good reason right. uh, you know and I finally Florida man. yeah Florida man you know it's just like but here we are and uh, at least we're eating a lot of good food and shit the beer is fantastic so you know and it's 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 easy here I like being here so let's uh, the beer the beer scene even from when we started is just damn like I said, completely different. You blinked, and yeah. five new breweries are just right there within. Right. You know, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how how everything is popping up, and it it hit us when I said, "What if you could do a weekly podcast with a brewery in Florida?" Well, yes, you can. There's an awful lot of breweries. Yeah, we could do yeah. a second year, and you know, you never know. I mean, this is going to be 52 weeks, and as many brewers as we could do, and. There'll be one-offs. There are going to be different episodes. So we want to do 47 breweries in this year as a weekly podcast. And it's going to be, it'll be easy. It'll be easy. I know it's going to be so simple. And already there's been a great, great crowd. Uh, so we talk about family, really. Oh, wait, El Bulli, any, any last words? Actually, I do. Who's the who's the Frenchie? Who is, whose Frenchie is that? So whose dog is on the, the I think, label? I think that's, you know, honestly, <laughs> you know, this is, this is our confession to being a... Uh, uh, bootstrap startup. I'm pretty sure that is uh, uh, clip art. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cutest dog ever. But, no. but we'll give you we'll but, give you our but puppy we next do, time. We do have we have some friends who uh, who run uh, the Abbey in Deland, which is a great little beer bar, and okay. they've got a beautiful little uh, can't remember his name. Beautiful little Frenchie. Yeah, and he's oh man, is that a cool. I don't they know. have a good look. I'm afraid they're, to put a corgi. They're cool, they're cool dogs, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. afraid to put a corgi on a bottle because it's just like they have that derpy, like, eh, smile. <laughs> but, damn, I love my puppies, man. Uh, Shankly and Paisley are. It's, <laughs> and it's so funny because it, whenever somebody gets what a Shankly is and you're like, okay, they're a Liverpool supporter. Thank God. <laughs> so um, so we talk about family, but Scotty. Scotty. We've got to bring him into this conversation. Where does he come from? So Scott was, uh, he was, I think he was all of Florida or most of Florida. Uh, he was the, um, 
uh, area manager for uh, uh, Oscar Blues sales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and so we had we had met him because um, he's got that energy. When you met him, you met him. Yeah, you yeah, remember him. right. Yeah, you know, and it's awesome. Right, it, it, he definitely makes an impression, and um, and you guys have a lot in common. I mean, the music alone. You know, when I met him, he had a Husker Du record in his hand, and that was it. It was just like, here, put this on, and you know, we just talked about music for an hour. So it's easy it, for you. I'm sure it was easy. Yeah, you know, for me, I I remember talking about, you know, uh, I think it was Dan's idea, like, you know, I think we need to bring somebody on, you know, to kind of work on this, um, you know, drive sales forward. And did you think that was too fast? I mean, no, you guys I think, had just I opened. Think, I think everybody agreed it was a great idea. Okay. And, 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 you know, he thought, well, I think Scott would be a great idea. And we had all met him and we're like, yeah, he's, you know, seems obviously has experience. He's yeah. in the, and you know, he's, he's been working with the right companies and, and then when we brought him in to interview him, I was like, "Oh, I'm sure I'm gonna like him." That you know, but then when we interviewed him, uh, I was like, "Oh wow, I really like him." Yeah. You know, it just everything he said, I was like, "Okay, that you're, you know, you know." There's no bullshit with him, and I like that no, about no, him. No, no bullshit, and he 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 gets uh, he understands what's important, and that's that's not always so easy right um it's very easy to get distracted from what's important and to have somebody that's out there representing us that understands what's important is you know that to me is the the best thing and uh so yeah we're we're super happy and you know having him as part of the team has just been fantastic good good yeah i know he's gonna do awesome stuff he has been how long has he been with you just a few months now uh, maybe three months now three, months three, now? three four months maybe? good no more than four yeah it's it's relatively new but you know it's sort of you know he's part of the team it's yeah. great yeah no, he's a really good guy uh got to meet him again he had a husker do record in his hand it was that and uh, i'm trying to remember the other one that he had but um yeah there was just like no bullshit we talked about like just the love of music um i kind of brought this up to jillian today i was like if there's going to be like this weird like segueing towards the end of it um i was listening to a band i went god you know they're the most overrated band and um is there a band that you feel you swear that everybody the world loves that you just you're just like i never got into them never got into them is there like an overrated band that you oh, could I mean, ever? Honestly, yeah, I have. I mean, there's tons. I have, I have my pet, my overrated. Pet no, peeve. Let's say, like, okay, yes, pet peeve. You said it. Yeah. yeah. So, so who is that? Prince. Whoop. Can't stand him. Can't do the Prince. I promise Project. you, anybody listening, I'm still here. <laughs> really? No shit. Really? Not a Prince guy. No way. I just, I don't find that it. You know, he was my first before I said Zappa. I was gonna say because, but then I said no. You know, Prince was so eccentric, but he had it. I, I, he had the I, number one hits. Most, Zappa did I it. I mostly like Zappa. Sure, um, sure. There's, and there's a lot of Zappa there, stuff I love. Prince, but then there's and a lot. I'm not saying Prince is bad, but but <laughs> when but, but when Prince died, you you would have thought that like, I don't know, like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and. And I don't know. And the Kinks all died on the same day or something. It was like, well, it's not. 
He I wasn't think, that great. I think that came when Bowie died. Here we are on, it's January 8th. See, He's I think, celebrating I think, his birthday. I think Bowie destroys Prince. Prince. Destroys him. Yeah, because they say they both had that flamboyancy, like, well, and they, Bo- I mean, they I, both had that I, I'm stage a huge, appearance. I'm a huge Bowie fan. Sa- same here. Like, I will have a tattoo for our puppy Paisley. Shankly, I have him on Bill, uh, Bill Shankly, and Paisley is going to be, since she has two different color eyes, um, Jillian on, when Bowie's death, uh, she, she did the lightning bolt. Uh, across the face nice. with Paisley because she had the the two different eyes and I think that has to be my my Paisley tattoo, but um, no Bowie is no no doubt in my mind he is there like yeah. he's on a different anything that I just think with Prince there's a lot of things I think I, I think that it's it's a different it's a different ball game I think with Prince because he had the number one hits um, it's hard to explain with Prince. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, it's just, yeah, when Prince yeah, died. There was oh, always, I was shocked. I, for, it sucked. For me, it for, sucked for me. For me, there were always these overblown things with Prince, like, he's such a great musician. Okay, but then somehow we turned it into that he's as good as Eric Clapton as a guitar player. And I, I don't know how No, it's that, a showsy. I don't Eric know. Clapton is, Listen, is... There's a lot of great guitar players, but don't tell me Prince is, like, one of the greatest guitar players ever. I mean, to me... I, that, he he humped that, the guitar before he that, played it. That yeah. doesn't hold a lot of water. I, I, because when I hear Jeff Beck, I know that's Jeff Beck playing guitar. When I hear Eric Clapton, I know that's Eric Clapton. I hear B.B. King, I know that's B.B. King. Yeah. I don't know Prince when I hear him. So if I turn it on, yeah, no. Right. And, and that's a, that's, to me, that's always been the litmus test of a great guitar player. You, you know who they are when they play. That's a good call. That is. Yeah. Gilmore. You know yeah. David Gilmore right. David Gilmore David, is a David, phenomenal yeah. guitar player. Yeah. You know, and it's not all about like you know, shredding or you know, Eddie Van Halen. I mean Eddie Van Halen, you know Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. Sure he shreds, but you know, the guy invented shredding. Yeah, that's that's you know? yeah, when you so, hear even like beat it, it's like you know that's him on that guitar. Right, yeah, right. you know. So, you know it's Michael Jackson, you know it's him on that and guitar. And I'm not and I'm not saying that Prince isn't a great guitar player, but don't put him into that category just doesn't doesn't add up it doesn't hold water for me yeah he was a pop star i mean pop, pop life and pop and life not, that is like that and song not, and, is and, him and to me you know maybe it was part of the era i grew up in and and when i sort of came of age musically that controversy just I, wasn't well, playing no, for you for me it was sort of okay well you know i had a hard time differentiating musically you know prince from madonna so you know, and yeah, I know I there's a lot that. of people that say when a lot of things, out. great things about Madonna, but for me, those were that that was music that I was like, I'm not interested in this. Right, like, you're not. That tape that you got wouldn't have had Madonna or or no. Prince or try even think maybe like even Sheila E's Glamorous Life. That probably was never even in your ears at no. all at that time. And no, that's for that's me. The, I was just the, watching this woman that's the music drum standing made, up. That's the music we made fun of. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's the crap. You know, and and so, I'm not, I'm not saying I can't go back and see Prince as more than crap, but it never registered with me no, as, huh? as great music. Radiohead was mine today. I I, I, I used get to, it. It took me years to come around to Radiohead, and I finally did, and I love them. What it, what, it what brought you around? Me. Because I'm not gonna. I I, I feel uh. I feel like I get, I, I feel like it was like just like 
If it's Pablo it's Honey, like, that's it, so easy because that's a great rock album. Oh no, the I think uh, I can't do okay computers I, I, and the. I think uh, the Benz was was okay, probably the good, ones good. that that's the it. One that really Pablo Honey and the Benz. That's all as far as I could get. I remember Pablo Honey. I don't love. I, I think Okay Computer is just incredible. Yeah. What See, really, that was what, it. That's what, what really got me going. Was I yelled at them. I was like, goodbye. Was honestly, it was it was one song. It was. Um, Paranoid Android. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one it. With that yeah. stupid yeah. guitar solo at yeah, the end. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, all right. Fantastic I need, song. I need to I need to rethink this baby. Yeah, that's 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 what I was hearing so, today when I heard that. So, yeah. It's insane. And that video was damn eerie. I love the video where they're just chasing that guy running. It's just the high beams. You're in the back of a car, I think, and this guy's just running and the car is just going like three miles per hour. And just like as he, when he falls, it stops. And when he gets back up, the car is going. And I forgot what the finally like sets the car on fire or something. So that's like the twist at the end of it. And it's like I guess uh, he's in the car. Tom York's in the car, and that was it. Yeah, I kind of it was Radiohead today. I, I heard it. I go, man. I just I always thought this was one of the most overrated bands ever. But Pablo I mean, Honey, I could, I, could, I, I, I loved could totally it. get that. I loved it. I did nothing but make fun of Radiohead for years. Yeah, I'm still that so, guy. So That's I, what I, I said it today. I was like, I Jeff would it. be perfect to talk to about that. I, like, I get it. Yeah. I'm, but I've I've gone over to the dark side, and I'm no. I'm, I don't think I'm, it's dark. I'm, I'm, de- I'm definitely. I'm good with Radiohead. God, because if the Empire is loving Radiohead, it might not be a bad place <laughs> to be because right. everybody seems very friendly. Um, so we're going to kind of wrap it up here, uh, but there is a section that we're doing of every podcast. It's called Brutally Honest, where I kind of open a question to the social networking out there of uh, Facebooks and whatever. And uh, this this question came from, actually, what's funny, um, when, I fir- when I heard the first question, I went, ooh, no, don't think I'm going to ask that. But then when I read the rest of the question, I went, damn, that's really good. And it actually comes from Jeff Brennan's brother, John Brennan. So the question that he asks for you, because I said of Jeff from Central 28, was um, are there any beers that you refuse to drink, whether due to a painful episode in your past or just a moral stand? Oh, that's a good question. Right? You know, there, there are beers I'm reluctant to drink. And that go. would be uh, definitely, you know, you know, I don't, uh, I don't have like a, I'm not a big fan of the business practices of the big breweries and all that, you know, InBev and whatnot. InBev, yeah, yeah. Um, was... And quite frankly, most of those beers I just don't enjoy. So I, I really have to be thirsty for a beer to buy them. But I, I would not say I draw a line in the sand. I would drink them. Um, but beer that i will not drink is there a beer maybe that you went i swear i made something like this and it's like oh, so, you, or maybe like that because he says morally he says morally, morally or morally. like something like that even morally i guess goes in bev like if, when you say right, something like that right. that i could see but painful but painfully you know when you say or something maybe, like that you know, too a few too many one night and you could never have it again there you go right um you know i don't know i you know even I have a hard time not drinking beer. <laughs> I know. You know, so I'm. I don't think there is that. I think there I are have beers one. I am highly reluctant to drink, but to say no to. Yeah. Probably not. I don't. I'm trying to think of one that I have yeah. that's like that brewery I love so much, 
Like, is there one maybe from Ballast Point that I'm going? Because I love their victory. I think Calm Before the Sea. I think I had too many of those, and it's just like, no, I'd rather go victory at sea at this point. You know, I'd rather go darker with them, but not, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to say that I've ever, that's such a good question, though. It is. It is. And it, you're going to think about it, yeah, too. I pro- right. I, I'm, I definitely am, and I, I'll probably come up with something, but, um, but, but no, that's, that's, an, yeah, because, you know, that's, that's part of the, the beauty of beer that it's not just, you know, and, and all the things that I like and you like that, you know, you know, with football and um, uh, uh, music that these are cultural things every bit as much as they are what they are. So, um, you know, so, so it's a, that's a, that gives it depth and makes it more interesting. You know, if it was just, you know, if it was just a drink, it might be tasty, but it, it doesn't have the, 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 the interest that beer really does because there's a cultural and historical component. Right. Um, and the same goes for, for, for football and for, uh, you know, sports in general, all these leisure activities we engage in music, film, they have these, it's, it's every bit as much the stuff outside of the actual thing that exists. Cause you have a point there. I, I honestly, uh, is there a football team I hate? Yeah. Everton. Right. But I'll watch them. You know, it's like yeah, I have to. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan through and through, so any Evertonian right now. I hate United yeah. more than Everton. But then there you go. I mean, I'm, we're, we're supposed to be hating on Everton because, yes, Liverpool started Goodison Park, blah, 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 1892. Yeah, great. And now they take it, and that, that's theirs, and now Liverpool has their own home, blah, blah, blah. We're still the rivals. Um, oh, it's United. Now it's Chelsea. Yeah, I hate Chelsea. Just get him out of there. Him. Please get him out of there. God. Diego Costa is Forget him, the, man. I, I would love to I've see him. I've never hated a football player more than Diego Costa. Yeah. Ever. Balotelli and him. Please just get well, on the Balotelli, same, at same least boat. He sucks, but Costa, <laughs> it seems like he scores. Yeah, every week. that's the thing, too. He has that cocky attitude where oh, he'll. he'll God. Yeah. It drives me bonkers. Yeah. So, um, really quick also, on the website, we bring up Teller and Magic. Right. Whose idea was that? And, and like, that, I, that I love the quote. A, that was just a quote that I saw. So that yeah, you um, okay? Good. I, I don't even good. know how I found it, but you know, I'm trying to remember exactly what the quote was about. But it was basically, um, I do have it right here, actually. It, it, it was essentially beer. Wait, I do. I have it right here. I yes, think, I'm 21. I think it was basically Teller talking about magic that people think. Oh well, look at this. It's like I can't believe it. You know, I've just been—it's this illusion. It's magic. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's saying, "Well, actually, no. It's, it's a lot of hard work. That's what it is. It is. It's not magic. Yeah. It's it's a lot of hard work, and we do it so well that you think it's magic. And so, really, for me, it wasn't about you know I'm not a magic guy, but I loved the thought that. The quote's um, fantastic. I'm not a magic guy, but yeah. when I saw that quote, yeah, I, it's the, fantastic. The, the thought that something that's brilliant and really good is it's not about like, you know, people talk about, you know, uh, you know, Bowie or Diego Costa or Luis Suarez or, um, 
or uh, um, a Farinadria, people who are brilliant and amazing and do these things that people can't believe how good they are. Well, sure, I'm, I have no doubt they're talented, but it's they work their asses off, and it's the the work that goes into it that makes the magic. Yeah, and I- that's that to me was the the essence of that quote, and that's what I love that. You know, magic is really just hard work. Yeah. How many hours do you put in this brewery a week, do you feel? I, you know, I Okay, how many hours do you give to Central 28, I mean, even I'm, in your I'm mind? Here a, I'm here a lot, but really, right, it's like even when we're not here, you know, me, Kathy, and Dan, we're always thinking oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, you're always working. So it's, it's yeah, it's not a, you know, and that's that's the thing. It's like that Neil Gaiman thing that they were talking about, if if I shut my brain down about the business complete, sometimes you do have to just check out from it completely. Right. But, but if when I'm relaxing, I'm completely checked out from what we do, mm-hmm. well, then I'm never going to come up with any ideas of how to make things better or how to make a new beer or anything of that. Because, you know, during the day and I'm, you know, you know, ordering stuff and moving something from one tank to another, I'm not coming up with ideas new ideas or or solutions to problems i'm not gonna be advancing the business so you have to kind of keep your brain going that stuff has to be in the back well then i'm gonna let you uh drive home because i think you have about a half hour and uh, maybe you can come up with a new flavor this was fun this was great did you like this was this good Yeah? yeah yeah Because uh, this is, like I said, this is our first. We never did a test with anybody else. This was, you were our first, and uh, this was great. This was great. Awesome. You made it uh, you made it really easy and at home for us, and uh, I hope the same for you. I hope oh, this wasn't you. hard at all. But, uh, Jeff, thank you. Oh, so, thank you, Brian. All Appreciate right. It, man. We'll talk soon. All right. The Central 28 episode of What Ails You was produced by Jeff Brennan. Your host and co-producer is Brian Quain. Our music is done by Sad Myth. Our design by Jillian Quain. Special thanks to Jeff DeBishop and Kevin Jones. To try Central 28 for yourself, mark your calendars. Brunch at the brewery on January 8th. And an elbowly spotlight at the World of Beer downtown Orlando on January 21st. Brian and I just have one last question for you. Yeah, what is it? What's the future of What Ails You? Yeah, the future of what else has got to...